Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. It is so great to be with you on this Monday, another week ahead of us, and quite the show ahead of us today. So let's dive in. We talked about the end of last week, the uh, press conference that was held by House Republicans to announce, to outline the findings of their months-long investigation into Joe Biden's corruption. And we discussed during the segment on this the fact that they didn't have the evidence that they had been promising for so long. They're going to find it. They're going to find it. And they didn't find it. And they had to admit, okay, yeah, we don't have evidence of the criminality, but it definitely, it's definitely there. And, and we're just around the corner from the big exposing of Biden, as we've been for quite a while now, uh, according to them. And I thought that was going to kind of be the peak of this. And then they're going to get quiet at work, move on to a different accusation, or I, I didn't know for sure, but it just seemed they're not going to continue to embarrass themselves. Um, and I was wrong, okay, because I have an update on this story. James Comer has come out during a Fox News interview and announced that, you remember the informant, the big informant that knew all about the bribery of Biden by a foreign national, and they're going to get the evidence from this informant disappeared. The informant is gone. No more, or at least as of now, missing, according to James Comer. Hmm. Starting to think there never was an informant in the first place, James, or they realize they don't have any evidence for what they're talking about. Um, but here's this from The Independent. House Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer told Fox News on Sunday that one of the informants of his probe into President Joe Biden had gone missing. The interview came on Sunday Morning Futures with host Maria Bartiromo, who asked him if the whistleblower had gone missing. Uh, James Cohen responded, well, we, we're hopeful that we can find the informant. And some of the reporting on this when I was preparing for today's show just, it tickled me. This is a headline from Esquire. Oops, Representative James Comer seems to have misplaced his Biden informant. <laughs> it could happen to anyone. <laughs> and then uh, the Washington Post, Representative James Comer is looking for anti-Biden evidence. Also, his informant. Um gosh it's you you would think that if you were a supporter of these individuals if you were following hoping oh biden's about to be exposed he he was bribed by this foreign national i just know it and they're going to get the evidence from this informant and you've experienced similar emotions time and time again as the cycle has gone on with republicans accusing biden of things they never can substantiate it when you get tired if you're a follower a supporter of these individuals wouldn't that kind of get exhausting they keep promising to expose things and they don't, that would be annoying. Or maybe you think that things are being exposed, but justice is being served. I don't know what is going on for those who uh, are hoping James Comer is going to successfully reveal the things that he's saying he's going to reveal and that Republicans are saying they're going to reveal. But even if you tuned into the press conference, they made very clear while lots of accusations, they didn't have evidence of the type of wrongdoing that they were alleging. And so how does that not eventually set in for the followers, the believers that, oh, this is a game they're playing. They're just trying to hurt Biden politically, I see. Because if there were actually um, batches of evidence present by now, after all this investigation, they would have found it, right? Um, they would actually bring it forward. But no, people, they ride this kind of a roller coaster day after day 
of the promises that aren't kept from Republicans who investigate, who are constantly investigating Biden. But I want to get to this clip of James Comer announcing, sadly, we've lost one of our key whistleblowers. Um, and this is from Morning Joe. They nicely put together a compilation uh, from the interview with Maria Bartiromo that James Comer did. And then I'll leave in a little bit of Joe Scarborough's response to uh, this interview because it was funny. Take a look. You have spoken with whistleblowers. You have spoken. You also spoke with an informant who gave you all of this information. Where is that informant today? Where are these whistleblowers? Well, unfortunately, uh, we can't track down the informant. Uh, we're hopeful that the informant is still there. The whistleblower knows the informant. The whistleblower is very credible. Hold on a second, Congressman. Did you just say that the whistleblower or the informant is now missing? Well, we, we're hopeful that we can find the informant. Now, remember, these informants are, are kind of in the, the spy business, so uh, they don't make a habit of uh, being seen a lot or, or being high profile or anything like that. Nine of the ten people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're, they're one of three things, Maria. They're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. So, comrade, you're, you're telling me you lost another submarine? <laughs> Come on, you lost an informant. You lost the informant. The guy that you claimed gave you all this information that you built this entire charade on. What? Do you and Durham, like, do you guys have tea parties every weekend to talk about how you can destroy your reputations and your career? Durham tried this, remember? He chased conspiracy theories to try to prove that the FBI was corrupt and rigged the 2016 election. He made a fool of himself time and time and time again. And now we have lost informants. In fact, the informant that this entire charade was supposedly built on. Attorney Mark Zaid posted this on Twitter, that he's represented whistleblowers in the intelligence community for more than 25 years and never lost one. It is so absurd. Uh, and I know they'll say it's because the Biden crime family covered it up. They... Um, went after this informant, kidnapped maybe, made them disappear. Who knows what will come of the conspiracy theories around this. But when the uh, pattern here is so predictable, <laughs> makes those theories less likely. When from so many miles away, we could have said, I think I did outline in a video when they first made the bribery accusation that this would be the pattern. Not specifically, they would say the informant vanished, but generally no evidence will be presented the accusations will be made loudly the fact that they can't provide the evidence so they'll try to make that a little quieter um and the cycle continues the manufactured controversies continue and this is in line with is a part of what i talk about a lot with uh the gop which is distraction politics you try to um keep kind of your voters eye off the ball by Distracting them with things. Um, a phrase we can we can use for this is distract so you don't have to act. Ooh, nice. <laughs> right? Distract with things like this so that you don't have to act on actual issues that are facing your voters. And if they're thinking about Hunter Biden and all that, oh my goodness, 
Joe Biden is corrupt and they're about to show us the evidence that's going to prove it, then maybe they don't focus on the fact that the actual actions that these individuals take as legislators and the actual policies they support often just serve to make the wealthy more wealthy, the powerful more powerful. Um, when it comes to so many of these crucial issues, they're fighting to either keep the status quo as is, not push in the direction of change that would benefit the lives of the voters, or push in the direction of change that would not be beneficial to the voters. Again, on a lot of these crucial issues, okay, maybe they'll do things on different culture war subjects their voters like and feel benefit them, but largely they're not benefiting their voters. And the way that you make sure that's not what's being focused on the way that you still get people to vote for you when it's not even in their interest materially, meaningfully, is to create controversies for them to be upset about, for them to follow. They think you're fighting for them because you're going after Biden and he's doing all these terrible things that you're telling me about. And that's the game that's being played here. And we've seen it for quite a while now with Republicans. And it's unfortunate that so many people um, buy into these these uh games and are on board with the cycle over and over and i'll close with this let this be a lesson for us all if you choose to go down the path of dishonesty i can tell you inevitably it'll lead to humiliation marjorie taylor green responded to the news that we just discussed in the, la in the last segment that um the informant the big bombshell informant that republicans had that was going to expose biden's bribery scheme and all this corruption disappeared missing they can't find they've misplaced as a squire worded it uh misplaced their bombshell informant and <laughs> just could not get more absurd and marjorie green despite that fact still thinks this investigation that's been going on for months now into biden and we talked about the press conference where they weren't able to uh bring forward evidence of criminality the wrongdoing they're talking about they just weren't able to prove it on the part of joe biden um but still she thinks this investigation is going to take down biden's presidency whoa take a look at this and I want to be very clear with everyone watching again today, our whistleblower that brought us evidence that leads directly to Joe Biden, that Joe Biden took a payment from a foreign national in exchange for foreign policy favors, that whistleblower is not lost and they are safe, but they do fear for their lives. That whistleblower came through us, uh, thankfully, through the help of Senator Grassley. So that is, that is a fact, that is the truth. But other whistleblowers, yes, they are missing. They're either in court, uh, they're in jail, or we cannot talk with them at this time because they can't be found. This is a very real situation that we're talking about. And our investigation is so important, Steve, um, that this will bring down the president of the United States. And I want to let everyone know something. We're going back to the Treasury Department today at one o'clock because we have more financial records that we have to review uh, leading to the Biden. So when she's saying more financial records, what she's referencing is uh, the fact that a part of what they presented at this press conference was financial records that pr proved Hunter Biden made money in internationally, I guess. The payments weren't illegal. 
and Biden wasn't connected. Joe Biden wasn't connected to it. But they said this is proof of Biden being Joe Biden being bribed. Very strange. Um, we went through more specifically all of that in a past segment. And they did have to admit that and they did in throughout the process of outlining the information that they had um, show that they don't have evidence for any criminality on the part of Joe Biden. He hasn't been shown whatsoever to have been a part of all these um, horrible schemes that Republicans have accused him of, but they continue to accuse him of those things at that press conference as well. And so I guess she's saying we're going to get more financial records that then maybe those will prove the bribery scheme that we're talking about here. Okay, go get all the financial records you want. Great. But uh, it's really unfortunate how dishonest they're having to be to build this narrative that's just not accurate at all about Joe Biden um, instead of getting to work on things that actually would benefit their constituents. And what it kind of reminds me of is the stolen election claims where they would always be just around the corner from revealing all the evidence. Uh, Mike Lindell is a big example of that, where he's constantly saying we're about to expose everything about the election. Trump's going to be reinstated. The courts are going to side with us. It's about to happen. We're about to reveal the evidence and then it doesn't happen. And he's made predictions by this date. Trump's going to be reinstated. You're, everyone's going to see that the election was stolen. And then the date comes, it doesn't happen. Multiple examples of that. And since I um, kind of thought of Mike Lindell here, I also came across during uh, the preparation for today's show, a clip of Mike Lindell saying, all these election challenges, all the proving he's trying to do has cost him f over $40 million. What we're doing with Frank's speech within the next couple weeks, uh, could be for two to four weeks, we're offering a stock to the public. This is going to be amazing. We're offering stock to the public. I want every person out there to have a little piece of the pie for our voice for this country. I've read with the money that I use to save this country that I've been out spending, I've spent over $40 million. Unbelievable. Hang on a second. He's spent over $40 million. So if you're a follower of Mike Lindell, he's made these promises. They haven't happened. Trump's not president as he predicted he would be by this date, um, by so many different past dates. And the evidence hasn't been exposed. And you know now he's spent, at least he's saying, over $40 million dollars. If there was evidence, wouldn't he have found it by now? Over $40 million? If this was all going to be revealed and Trump was going to be ushered back into the White House, wouldn't that have happened by now? What was it going to spend $100 million for it to happen? But I guess people just keep going along with it. Or they think it actually got exposed when it didn't. And so when, uh, or back to the Marjorie part of this and the, the informant, if you're a follower, as I said during the last segment, and you watch this play out. You watch the press conference. If you understand the actual facts they were laying out, then you would understand, oh, they didn't provide evidence of wrongdoing on the part of Joe Biden. And okay, maybe it's because it's about to come in the form of this informant. And then the informant all of a sudden, oh, we can't find the informant, sorry. And you know they've done this over and over and over again with Joe Biden and they haven't provided evidence over and over. Eventually, won't you give up on them? <laughs> But apparently not. One other, while we're on the subject, funny reaction was Republican Representative Tim Burchett to the news that the informant has vanished mysteriously. Do you know the whereabouts of the informant? No, ma'am, I do not. 
Is he missing? Apparently, yes. Um, uh, according to Chairman Comer, you know, they... Um, Do you... Yeah, I don't know. We just, it's gone. They're gone. What you gonna do? But just take our word for it. Trust us. It would have revealed that Biden was bribed. Trust. Trust and believe. It would have revealed it. That's the same Tim Burchett, by the way, who after the uh, Nashville mass shooting, he's a representative from Tennessee. He said, oh, Congress can't do anything about gun violence. Ah, no, no, we're not going to do anything. Really vile. Um, but there it is. The mess that is the Republican Party's attempt to smear Biden. I have a few clips here for you from a far-right event that was held um, called the Reawaken America Tour. And it's kind of QAnon conspiracy theorists and QAnon conspiracy theorists adjacent people coming together and talking about all these different wild uh, views. And Donald Trump called into it. Also, Eric Trump and Laura Trump spoke at it. And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But before we do, before we look at the clip of Trump calling in, I want to kind of give you a sense of what this event was. Truly just detached from reality, unhinged, all those things. We'll look at some clips, but first here's this from Mediate. The event grabbed headlines even before it began. As journalists and far-right researchers revealed, the itinerary, uh, itinerary listed two notorious pro-Hitler anti-Semites as featured speakers. Sp uh, that was Scott McKay and Charlie Ward, and they eventually were um, apparently asked not to speak anymore, but uh, they were going to. And then Eric and Laura Trump also spoke. Just truly dangerous individuals and the views that they espouse, so dangerous. And this is who the Trumps are associating with. Um, so let's, let's walk through some of this and then we'll get to uh, Trump. We start off with Liz Crokin, Crokin who is a Pizzagate believer. And apparently she's been working hard to investigate and expose the truth of Pizzagate. If you're not familiar with it, it's the child sex trafficking ring going on. And at some point it was a part of a, this conspiracy theory was centered around a pizza store, a pizza shop, and someone shot up that pizza place and just really unbelievable. Um, and she apparently is still very bought into it and still investigating. As most of you guys know, I've been exposing Pizzagate since 2016, okay? Yes, yes. It's been a very long seven years, let me tell you. Somehow I'm still here. But for those that don't know, Pizzagate's very simple. WikiLeaks unleashed the Podesta emails in 2016. And in those emails, we discovered that Podesta and Associates were using known pedophile code words in a context that does not apply to food. And, and one of the main code words they used was pizza. As most of you guys know, I've been exposed. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> That's the ex extent of my analysis uh, on that one. And then we'll take a look at this guy. I got on, on American Idol and I went far, went to the end of Hollywood week. And, you know, I started hanging out more and, and getting more experiences with how sick these people were in Hollywood. These people are drinking the blood of children. 
These people are injecting a chemical called adrenochrome that they extract from children that are scared. This is really happening, and this is the most popular chemical used in Hollywood for the youth. It's a fountain of youth, they say. It's disgusting, and it needs to be exposed. Many, Jim Caviezel tried to expose it and was called crazy, but it's the truth. This is what is being used. These people worship the devil. I got on... Oh my goodness. Uh, do I need to say there's no evidence for what he said there? And you saw him try to connect. He just read a bunch of that online. And then because he was on American Idol, he's like, oh, I can sound incredible talking about it. Yeah. My thorough experience from being on Hollywood Week or whatever on American Idol, I, I can tell you on good authority that this is actually happening. Well, I'll throw some personal experience in the mix, sir. Um, I lived briefly a little while ago in Hollywood and personally investigated myself and found there was none of what he's talking about. There we go. Uh, Amanda Grace is the next person we'll look at, uh, described as a prophet. And she has some things to say about mermaids and water people, I think. There's wickedness attempting to completely cover this nation in perversion and seductive seducing spirits. I have never seen more images of more mermaids and water people in my life. That's a division in the kingdom of darkness and they're highly technologically advanced. And we have to understand what we're dealing with. And we have to understand the rules of engagement in spiritual warfare. And we are meant for hand-to-hand -hand combat. And we are meant to bring our cries before the throne of God to bring. Wait, we have to be ready for hand-to-hand -hand combat because of mermaids? Amanda, Arr, stop it. You don't have to believe these things. It's decreasing your quality of life. Um, and then same Amanda Grace does what, what she does here is exactly the kind of skit I would do if I were asked to pretend to be kind of a uh, conspiracy theorist who has all the <laughs> thumbtacks on the uh, bulletin board with the strings in between it and I'm trying to connect all these things that don't actually connect and I'm seeing everything as a sign um, and the other day I saw dead grass and dead grass connects to the stop sign that was kind of chipped paint and the chipped paint means that 48 6, six minus three, uh, then if you add the Divide by, boom, that gets you Trump still president. <laughs> That's kind of what she does here. Watch. Faith is a weapon. The enemy hates faith. The way he's trying to take over this nation is to rob it of its faith, to rob it of its foundation. I'm going to tell you why this is a 911 moment, and I'm going to see what the Lord does there because I can feel the presence of the Lord. President Trump ran, and he was the 45th president of the United States. So far, I'm following. He's now running to be the 47th. True. Four plus five is nine. Four plus seven is 11. Nine, one, one. Mic drop. <laughs> this is a nine, one, one moment. The covenant is under attack in every way possible. The name of the Nashville school was covenant. The enemy wants this. He wants the covenant. Faith is a... I never understand with these conspiracy theories. Number one, I don't know what the heck that was. 47, 45, 911 moment. But also, if 
uh, Satan or if uh, the deep state or whatever, if they were doing bad things, why are they always sending signs? Like, why are they always embedding their message and stuff? Why wouldn't they just do the bad things? Why would they make it to where a few individuals with a history of buying into things that are bunkers could figure it out by connecting the dots very, very loosely. I just never get that. And then uh, Michael Flynn, who was in Trump's administration at one point, and we'll get to Trump saying that maybe he'll be in it again. He said uh, this. The founders of this country created an experiment in democracy with this beautiful document called the U.S. Constitution. And it's people that you're looking at right now that will, that, you know, we're probably going to go to the firing squad together someday, you know? And I say that, you know, I say that a bit, a bit tongue in cheek, but this is what we're up against. I've been in many, I've been on six continents. I have fought these bastards around the world, okay? And the worst battles that I have. But the, but the, the, the worst, sadly, sadly, the worst battles, the worst war that I, I am involved in is in my own country. Who are you fighting with? We just, as I've said before, we just want to give you health care. We just want to fight against and uh, address inequality of different types, income inequality, racial inequality, etc. We just want to let people be who they are and live their life. And you don't, no one's asking for your approval. Just live your life. We're talking about real liberty. Progressives are fighting for actual liberty, not just symbolic, you know, using the term liberty as often individuals like Michael Flynn uh, will use it. And we're, we're just, again, just trying to give you health care. All right. Just calm down, Michael. Why are we worse than the people you fought at war? Whoa, my goodness. And then we get to Trump calling in. Hey, Mr. President, can you hear us? I can. I can. I don't, this place is going crazy. General Flynn, he's some general, he's some man, he took abuse like nobody could have handled, and he came out bigger, better, stronger than ever before. We love him. He's a leader. And uh, you just stay wealthy and healthy and well and everything. I want you to have great lives in general. You just have to stay healthy because we're bringing you back. We're going to bring you back. He's going to bring them back, he says meaning back into the Trump administration if Trump were to become president again. Michael Flynn is as unhinged as it gets, is QAnon adjacent, one of martial law to be declared to keep Trump president. That would have been a fascist takeover, even though Trump lost the election, to keep himself in the White House. 
And that is who Trump will be surrounding himself with if he, if he becomes president. Again, that is really concerning. Not only did Laura Trump and Eric Trump speak, Trump called in, Trump endorsed and associated with that type of event, which again, it's not that it surprises us because we can't imagine that it would happen because we know Trump, we know who he is, but we need to remind ourselves how scary and uh, serious this moment is where a former president, current presidential candidate, most likely guy to get the nomination for one of the two major parties, um, their presidential nomination, two major parties in the most powerful country on the planet. That's, that's the guy most likely who's going to get that nomination. It's very concerning. And he's, um, associating with that and buys into a lot of that. That is very concerning and how people would, <laughs> would vote for Trump. I don't get it. I don't get it <laughs> in this upcoming election, such a threat to so many aspects of, um, America that we have to keep intact. We have to keep protected our democracy. He threatens the very essence of it with what he did in 2020, what he, who knows what he'll do, um, in the future and the wild views that he espouses and the people that he supports their views. It's all so wild and people will go, yeah, but I can't vote for a Democrat <laughs> too much people. Well, uh, Trump got some bad news after his CNN town hall based on something he said about E. Jean Carroll. And I want to walk through this for you now. Of course, the day before this CNN town hall, a, uh, in civil court, Trump was found liable of sexually abusing E. Jean Carroll and defaming her after being found liable for, after being found to have by a jury sexually abused and defamed someone he goes on to repeat the very same things that got him that result um in on the defamation side on uh national television and so i'll show you this moment quickly to remind you what this looked like and then we'll dive into the reporting on e Jean carroll considering suing him again usually you leave office you say i'm sorry but i'm going to back home i'm back home to my family and everything i'm going to be resigned my poll numbers went up, and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband. Nice. And then he goes on to uh, repeat many of the same denials we've heard from him many times on this subject. Quickly before we dive into the reporting, it's strange that he keeps saying, I've never met her. But he'll admit that there's a photo of them talking. You've met her. Maybe you're saying you don't know her meaningfully. You haven't, you know, become friends with her or something like that. You don't know her well, but you have met her for sure, based on the photo that you're referencing. Y'all talking. Um, but here's this from the New York Times. E. Jean Carroll may sue Trump a third time after vile comments on CNN. When former President Donald J. Trump was inveighing against E. Jean Carroll on CNN Wednesday night, at least one person was not watching, Miss Carroll. She was asleep and did not learn of his comments, calling her claim of a decades-old sexual assault fake and a made-up story until Thursday morning when her lawyer sent her a transcript, she said. It's just stupid. It's just disgusting, vile, foul. It wounds people, Miss Carroll said in an interview with the New York Times. Um, oh, and then she added that she has been, quote, insulted by better people. I like that. 
And then down here, it says Ms. Carroll is now weighing whether to file a new defamation lawsuit against Mr. Trump, said her lawyer, Roberta A. Kaplan. In addition to the case that ended Tuesday, Ms. Carroll has an earlier defamation suit against Mr. Trump uh, that's still pending. Mr. Trump has argued in that case that he cannot be sued because he made those comments in his official capacity as president. So she's considering suing him um, once again for those comments on CNN, which if I understand it's probably brutal to go through that process of suing Trump and you're going to get attacked in so many different ways. And uh, so I don't take that lightly. But if she's up for it, it makes sense why you would do that because clearly he hasn't learned his lesson. And I was watching the town hall with a friend. And when that moment took place, I turned to him and was kind of asking or we were talking about why she should sue again, again, if she's up for it. Because wouldn't that be the easiest thing to prove on the defamation side to say, listen, a court found that he had been uh, defamatory to her. And then the day after he goes on, he knows that that was considered defamation by this jury. And he does it again on CNN, on national, te uh, national television. And all of the reasons why his initial statements about the E. Jean Carroll accusations were damaging to E. Jean Carroll and the, uh, brutal experience that, that that brought on to her it's going to happen again especially when he's saying it on national television and once again i say he knew that those claims would be considered defamation because they were just considered to be that um just found to be that after this uh trial and so it seems like a relatively simple case to bring forward he repeated things that already have been found to be defamatory obviously i'm sure you'd have to go through the whole process again and prove it again but really really well and he needs to continue being held accountable for these types of statements and so maybe rack up even more millions of dollars that he has to pay out to eugene carroll i would definitely support that um well on this his lawyer alina abba got asked recently on cnn about possible future legal troubles that trump could get in after the eugene carroll verdict with other women who have accused him of uh, sexual assault. And the moment that took place during this interview was just so wild that I wanted to show it to you. My, my final question to you is, I mentioned that there are 15 women altogether who have alleged that Trump uh, sexually harassed or assaulted them. Are you concerned that more <laughs> Are we talking of this about 2016? Hold on, hold on. Are you concerned? I have that not gotten all a told, complaint from all 15 told, women. All told, that not that you've gotten complaint that have come public, have become public. Are you concerned that this since case 20, that we've are seen you talking today, about 2016? Is that the desperation concerned? that we're at right are now? Are you concerned? Are you concerned that the case that we saw today, that it is maybe just the beginning, that other criminal action could <laughs> be in the future? Alina Abba always just puts off some weird vibes. Future. No. No, I think you're concerned that he is going to win, which is why you're bringing up 2016 things, because you have nothing to bring up. That's what I think you're concerned. And you should be concerned. He's leading in the polls. Okay. I'm a journalist. I am not concerned about anything. I'm asking you, as one of his attorneys, about things that are out there, okay. and in addition to what you Since uh, are, are here to talk Is that what we're talking about? I'm, Great. I'm talking are you about talking about 20, are, Give me a year. These 15 women. Are we talking about 2016 when he was running and almost won and then did win? It is. It, it is not relevant. What 
what you're talking about. It is about relevant. The no, you it's not. You just asked me about 15 women. I don't have yes. 15 women that have come forth with a claim. Okay. Where are they? I don't have them. Why would the women come to you? <laughs> hey, Trump's lawyer. I want to confide in you. Uh, this this accusation I have. I didn't say that they came. I didn't say that they came forward with the claim. I said that they have made no, public did. statements. I said they have made public statements, and my question was: Are you concerned you about have this? nothing okay. for 2024? Thank you. Thank no. you for your time. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is happening? Um, she says you have nothing for 2024. He hasn't been accused of anything in the last year. So mm, what do you think of that? I very much appreciate it. And uh, I hope to talk soon because there is a lot more to discuss as you hope go so. on with your appeal. So again, I say party of family values. You have been saying to me and the world for so long. We are the party of family values. We especially when it comes time to ridicule other people and discriminate against other people for not living the life that you think they should be living and who they love or their gender identity. You say it's because of our values, our family values. Please explain. Please explain for me how Trump falls into that worldview. This guy, do you really think all of the accusations all the jurors in this particular case finding that Trump uh, had sexually abused a woman and some of the jurors were conservative. All of it. It's just a big deep state conspiracy to make Trump look bad. Really? Really? Come on. <laughs> Snap out of it. But yeah, that's what people think. And somehow so many individuals can walk around thinking that they're being logically consistent saying that they're the party of family values and standing by that guy who um aside from all the accusations against him and that verdict and all of it just the things he said on tape about women in particular it is just so bonkers guys um the way that the gop has now just completely been taken over by trump and it violates all the principles but whatever i guess the only principle is the attainment of and the acquiring of power. But even Trump's not good at that um, with his multiple losses. Who knows? Republican Representative George Santos and serial liar George Santos and now charged with multiple felonies George Santos once said something confidently, proudly in an interview that was not true. Whoa, <laughs> breaking news. And I want to take a look at this and then look at the news in regard to George Santos of him confessing to something that disproves what he says in this in this clip. Take a look. Yes, I've been misrepresented for for clicks, right? I mean, we there's a lot of narratives out there that we have submitted tons of corroborated evidence for them to be clawed back or to, what's the main one you think that i mean I, i'm being accused of being a thief i'm not mm -hmm. a thief i've never stole anything in my life mm -hmm. right i'm being accused of swindling a veteran of for 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 charitable donations the, the check fraud thing though that which, you're, the which, check fraud thing in brazil i mean i feel like when you when you say like what what you've been accused of and how it's been proven not to be true the check fraud thing is still very much alive in brazil right it's not it's actually dwindling down and it's being dismissed yes i've been mis so uh, quote, I'm not a thief. I've never stolen anything in my life. One more time. I'm not a thief. I've never stolen anything in my life. George Santos says, 
and I present to you from NPR, uh, George Santos confessed to stealing checks in Brazil in a deal to drop charges. U.S. Congressman George Santos has likely uh, resolved at least one of his legal cases this time in Brazil. The embattled New York Republican faced charges in a suburb outside Rio de Janeiro on allegations he stole checks to buy clothing and other goods in 2008. On Thursday, Santos signed a deal with Brazilian prosecutors that he would confess and agree to pay almost $5,000 in fines and restitution in exchange for dropping the charges the New York Times reported. Just a day after pleading not guilty to separate charges in the U.S., Santos appeared remotely in a criminal court in Brazil. They alleged that he used a fake name and stole checkbook to buy goods, including tennis shoes. Um, this is unrelated to the 13 felony charges, obviously, out of New York in regard to his financial crimes and the uh, misappropriating donor money for personal gain, the unemployment, uh, wrongfully claiming unemployment benefits, all of that. So he has confessed now to being a thief. Um, stealing that that checkbook shockingly he lied there too and i wanted to be clear that and i'm going to show you a clip of uh, democratic representative hakeem jeffries making this point this is now the face of the republican party george santos marjorie green trump i'll talk about that more after uh letting hakeem jeffries break this down the modern-day Republican Party is the party of Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos, and Donald Trump. That's the reality, folks. You can't make this stuff up. That's the reality. And later on today, apparently, House Republicans are going to try to pass legislation that will restrict, if not end, the ability of the federal government to confront unemployment insurance fraud. At the same time that one of the leaders of the House Republican Conference here in Washington, D.C., George Santos, has been charged with unemployment insurance fraud. Why do I say he's one of the leaders? Because the Default on America Act would not have passed the House of Representatives without the support of George Santos who was the deciding vote. And perhaps that explains why my Republican colleagues have failed to take any action to remove someone who was clearly unfit to serve in the people's house. Yeah. So what's going on is there probably you could break this down to more, um, kind of draw more lines here but we'll call it two parts of the republican party you have um the really radical and then you have the more moderate and so you have the marjorie green part of the gop and you have the more moderate and they're probably more accurately three with kind of the very moderate who call out trump but even those who wouldn't call out trump but aren't as radical as marjorie green um are somewhere in the mix as well and what's going on is behind the scenes, a lot of these Republicans hate the most radical Republicans. They hate Trump. They hate George Sanders. They hate um, Marjorie Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. But they are too terrified to ever call them out. Whereas the other way around, that's not the case. The radicals are perfectly willing. Um, the most dishonest individuals are, the mo are very willing to call out the moderates when they're unhappy with them. And so the threat of causing the base to turn 
on you is really only levied in that direction where the kind of hardcore MAGA people can act how they'd like to. And for the most part, with some exceptions, uh, most of the GOP just keeps their head down and allows it to continue forward, allows their party to be defined by this. And because the very radical MAGA part of the GOP, they're the ones making the demands. It has become, as I've uh, referred to it, the engine of the GOP. It is driving the agenda. MAGA is. And all of the modern individuals who don't stand for necessarily what Trump does, what Marjorie does, will go along with it, won't fight back as they should against it because they're too afraid of um, the MAGA base. And those who do call it out get attacked a lot. The Liz Cheney's and Adam Kinzinger's, Mitt Romney, by the uh, MAGA base. And so because of that, the more reasonable people are silent. The not at all reasonable people detached from reality, completely people, um, as was being called out there by Hakeem Jeffries, they're the ones calling the shots. They're the ones with the power. They use that thin majority that Republicans have um, to their advantage. And George Santos can be the deciding vote on something, and that gives him power within the Republican Party. And uh, we saw that play out with the speakership battle where Kevin McCarthy had to give all these concessions to a lot of the radical members of his party. He's now very much um, taking their demands and, and following through in some ways with them and being bossed around by them. And people have said Marjorie Greene's kind of the proxy speaker. Some of these MAGA Republicans are a little proxy or the true behind the scenes speaker because they can demand things of Kevin McCarthy. And that's very concerning. And that's why it is important to focus so much on individuals like George Santos, Marjorie Greene, Trump, like I said, Matt Gaetz, Lauren Boebert, um, uh, Jim Jordan, whoever it might be, because it is now what is in control of, of the Republican party. One of the two major parties in America. And that is terrifying. And that must be called out. And Republicans who don't stand for that, who are more reasonable, they should answer for it. They should answer for why they are silently allowing their party to be defined by serial liars like George Santos um, and not speaking out. Again, with some exceptions that we do give credit to, for sure, they're not calling out the danger of this part of the GOP. Um, but really wild stuff. And <laughs> there's the news about George Santos's confession. Tucker Carlson, according to Axios, is uh, preparing to torch, as the article writes, Fox News. Obviously, he was fired. And right now, he's stuck in a contract where he can't uh, go on to do something that competes with Fox News. He can't go on to have some other um, position in the media because he's still getting paid. His contract will be paid out by Fox News. And he's not happy with that. He's moving forward as if that weren't the case. And one of the ways he's planning on uh, getting Fox News to release him from that contract is by torching them, apparently. Here's this from Axios. Tucker Carlson ready to torch Fox News. Tucker Carlson is preparing to unleash allies to attack Fox News in an effort to bully the network into letting him work for or start a right-wing rival, sources close to him, tell Axios. Brian Friedman, 
the high-powered Hollywood lawyer Carlson retained uh, retained for the contract dispute told Axios, the idea that anyone is going to silence Tucker and prevent him from speaking to the, to his audience is beyond preposterous. Um, a Tucker versus Fox battle could reshape the conservative news world. Fox, which has seen its ratings plunge in Carlson's slot since he was let go 13 days ago, wants to sideline him by paying him $20 million a year not to work. Oh my gosh, $20 million a year not to work. Boo-hoo, Tucker Carlson. Um, I will say, though, even though Tucker Carlson is one of the worst people in politics, I also would really give up anything to be able to continue to work. Does that make sense? Even if you were to pay me a bunch of money just to chillax, that would make me really unhappy because a lot of what I get joy out of is actually working. So it is kind of a, oh, your life's so hard to take a girl's in, like sure. But I would also be fighting to try to get out of that contract if I were him. Um, but the work that he wants to do is awful. So I hope he's unsuccessful. Axios has learned Carlson is busy plotting a media empire of his own, but he needs Fox to let him out of his contract, which expires in January 2025. Um, and then the article continues. We'll see how that moves forward. And of course, this comes in the midst of Tucker Carlson's announcement that he will indeed be relaunching his show on Twitter. You probably saw this. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national- Can someone tell me why? Look at this. Why is it so wide? The camera shot. What is this going to be viewed in- IMAX theaters or something, just film it like a normal video. ...conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We'll be bringing some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. So he's saying he's going to start his show back on Twitter which would kind of be strange. You hop on a Twitter to watch Tucker Carlson tonight, but we'll see if he moves forward with it. And then we'll see if he starts attacking Fox News, as the article said, to bully them into letting him start his own thing contractually. Um, and we've talked about in the past reporting on Fox News having an oppo file prepared for Tucker Carlson. So they would probably start dropping um, in, in response to Tucker's attack. So their own stories, dropping dirt about him, and then Tucker Carlson dropping stories about them. And one of the parts I didn't read yet of this Axios article says, the Austin host, quote, knows where a lot of bodies are buried and is ready to start drawing a map. Hmm. That would be great if Fox News and Tucker Carlson went to war with one another. Similar to how I say with the GOP, uh, a divided GOP is a weaker GOP, and that's good for America because usually that doesn't help you in uh, uh, an election. 
And so with this, a divided kind of right-wing media world is better for America so that there's just some friction, hectic Fox News maybe loses some of its power and authority and definitely viewership as we've seen. And all of that will be a pleasure to watch. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you tomorrow.